We are glad that you are here with us today, that you have chosen to worship with us in this Advent season, and we pray that we would all prepare our hearts to worship our Lord this morning. Our hymn of praise this morning is number 77, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, number 77. If you are able, please stand and join me in singing. audience this morning. Nothing like having all the children have to come and sing. They're so handsome and pretty today. I want to read something to you that some of you may already have heard before. How many of you know who Dr. Seuss is? Yeah, I figured we'd hit home run there. I want to read something to you that comes from one of his books. He says, waiting for a train to go, or a bus to come, or a plane to go, or the mail to come, or the rain to go, or the phone to ring, or the snow to snow, or waiting around for a yes or no, or waiting for your hair to grow. Everyone is waiting. Well, that's sort of what Advent season is about. We're waiting. Who are we waiting for? We're waiting for Jesus. So how do we prepare to wait for Jesus? Have you ever thought about that? Because he's not here yet, but he's coming. And we celebrate this time, but we have to prepare our hearts for the waiting. We do that very simply by believing. We believe that Jesus is in our hearts and that he's coming. We need to pray. We need to read the Bible. 
We need to be kind to others. We need to love everyone. We need to respect our parents. Thank you, Kendall. As we do these things, we prepare in our heart for the coming of Jesus. We have to be patient, but he is coming. Enough preparation for Christmas. As we light the first purple candle, we are reminded to hope the prophets looked forward to in Emmanuel, which is the hope we have found in Jesus of Nazareth. May we now join in singing the first stanza of Light the Light, the Fire of Life, while the candle is hope of being lighted. We'll sing Light the Light, the Fire of Life right now, and you can remain seated. That way you can see the candles being lit each Sunday. transformed. Help us to live in his image. Amen.
If you have been awake, awakened in any fashion for the last 15 minutes, you should be aware that we're beginning our preparation for the celebration of Christmas through the season of Advent. This is a time when we really are going to focus on the light of Jesus, the hope of the world. Today, uh, in many churches, they'll begin to, to celebrate and opportunities to show love. We're going to uh, see in just a moment a, uh, a, a video that will deal with one example of love being shown in the country of Uganda. And they may use the term beloved community, which would be another way of saying believers, followers of Jesus. This is a time when we are to celebrate the light of Christ. Christ is the light. And in many ways, as I was sitting there uh, listening to the children as well as listening to the new hymn, I began to think in many ways we are to be a mirror. We are not the light, but we are to magnify the light and to help that light to shine in places that where there is darkness, where there is the need of hope. And so I would challenge each of you uh, during this special month to consider the people and the places that you love. Continue to love, but let your love expand and grow as we uh, proclaim the gospel. As we continue throughout December, let me encourage you that you are asked or encouraged to give uh, not only on the 24th for our end gathering for the offering for global missions, but you can give throughout December as we seek to reach the goal of $11,000 to help share the light that Doug spoke of and that we read it throughout our scripture. Uh, as we seek to share that light with some very dark places, uh, please give so that we can continue to do that. Let me remind uh, those who are on long range planning, we, we, we will meet today at four. And let me, before I pray, just mention two individuals, one of which is Jane Stroud. She is in the Durham, Raleigh area awaiting a lung transplant. And um, we want to continue to remember her in our thoughts and prayers during this time. I spoke with Charles this week and uh, she has had some struggles as of recent, but we want to continue to remember her. And then also Terry Hamrick, who will be having surgery this coming Friday. We know of others who are awaiting news from doctors and others who are dealing with new information from uh, healthcare providers. And so we wanna pray for all of those who are dealing with physical illness. Let's go together in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your presence here this morning. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, and it is his name alone that brings us here to this place today. Father, we gather today as your beloved community seeking, Father, to be renewed and refreshed, restored. Challenge us, Lord, as we await and as we reflect upon the birth of your Son, as we think about that time as well, Lord, when you will come once again in power and in glory. Father, help us to prepare our hearts for that day, and Lord, help us to live as people expecting and anticipating that day. Bless our efforts today to worship you and Lord our activities and mission opportunities this week. Father, may everything we say and do as a church bring you honor and glory. We commit this to you now in the name that is above all names, Jesus the Christ, amen. Next hymn is number 108, How Great Our Joy, number 108. If you're able, please stand and join me in singing number 108. 
you go with me in prayer? Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the many rich blessings of life that you give us each day. We ask that you be with each and every one of us today so that we may understand you better. We ask for peace. We ask for wisdom, guidance, and understanding so that we may do your will. We ask that others may, may see, uh, see you in us. We ask that you bless these tithes and offerings that we're about to collect this morning so that we may further your kingdom. Also, please be with those that don't know you, Lord. Please be with those that are ill and need your healing hand. We know that you are the Almighty and we love you very much. Please forgive us of our many sins and go with us as we leave here today. In your name we pray. Amen.
always get to hear their anthem first sitting right there. What an appropriate song in light of where we're going this morning in our sermon. If you have your Bibles or your devices and would like to turn to Mark 13, 24 through 37, would encourage you to do that. It will be on your screen. Uh, you can look at it there or, like I said, in your Bible or, or other device where you may read Scripture. This is a tough passage today, and uh, you pray for me as we attempt, as I attempt to look at this. Mark 13, 24 through 37. In those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will be falling from heaven and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth and to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near. At the very gates, truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, nor the Son but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake or be on the alert, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening or at midnight, or at cockcrow or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. Or in your, some translations say, keep alert. You pray with me once again. Father, we come to you at this hour asking that you would bless the reading and the preaching of your word. I pray, God, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be acceptable in your sight, oh, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. I absolutely love this time of the year. I think many of you would agree with that. Um, number one, the world needs more love, and there seems to be a lot of it during the Christmas season. I don't know why we share most of that, or a lot of it anyway, in the month of December. Certainly appropriate, but I, I, am, I think you would join me in this idea that we need to be sharing that uh, throughout our year. But I love this time of the year. One of the things that, uh, there's many reasons. Number one, obviously we celebrate Christ and his birth and his coming and, and all the things that involve with that. We also have many traditions that we celebrate and we remember both here in our church, in our homes, in our community, in our communities as well. Uh, certainly love all the food, I'll be honest with you. Uh, it's it's kind of nice. I have to be careful though. But uh, all the food and the treats that are uh, in abundance are certainly enjoyed. But one of the things that I enjoy during this time of the season is favorite movies. Raise your hand if you, if you have a favorite Christmas movie. Some of you, yes, I see those hands. Uh, one of the traditions in our home, uh, I can see Renee smiling now, is that on Christmas Day, I learned 17 years ago when we married that she watches White Christmas, filmed in 1954, starring uh, Bing Crosby and uh, several others. I'll, I'll get the names wrong, I'm sure. Featuring the music of Irving Berlin, I believe. And so uh, it, it's, a famous, it's a famous tradition in our home. 
And most years I watch it, I'll be honest, some years I may not. I may be out blowing leaves or something. But, uh, but it's a tradition for Renee to watch that movie every year at Christmas. And some of you have those uh, favorite traditions as well. But I believe in a congregation this size, we may have different opinions about what makes a great movie. And I'm sure different opinions on the previews that are shown before movies as well. If you go to the theaters, recently uh, I was with Renee and a group of fifth and sixth graders and we saw the movie Wonder. If you haven't seen that movie, if you've never read the book, read the book as well, but read the book and go see the movie. It is a tremendous movie about a little boy. Rarely do I ever promote movies from from my platform, but at the same time, uh, this movie is worth promoting. It is a tremendous movie to see with uh, families, and I would encourage you to do that. But before any movie, before this movie, we see previews. And it's always exciting having an 11-year-old in the house. And when we watch these, most of which are appropriate previews before a movie, uh, it's exciting because it does what? It, it builds anticipation. You're like, oh, I didn't know they were doing this. You know, whether it's a sequel on some other movie or whether it's just something new that maybe an old book that they're working into a movie or wait, we didn't know they were doing it. So it creates some anticipation. It creates some excitement about what is to come. And in a sense, at the end of the preview, it's telling us to stay tuned. It's telling us to wait just a little bit longer. And sometimes these previews will have a date on them, that release date, you know, we always come in with the sound, you know, the surround sound and the date. Or sometimes it'll just say coming summer 2018, you know, which there's already some advertisements for. And so it creates within us this idea of anticipation and, 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 and excitement about what is to come. And Advent, I propose to you this morning, can be a lot like a familiar movie that we've seen time and time again. We know the parts and they're familiar to us. But listen to this, if the story of the birth of Christ is like a movie, then today's scripture reads like the movie trailer or the movie preview. It encourages us to stay tuned. Something big is coming. It's almost like sometimes your regularly scheduled program is interrupted and they're encouraging you, they're not quite ready to go live, but they're encouraging you to stay tuned because something big is about to be announced. And we have that feeling as we read the passage of Mark 13 today. Nowhere does this trailer about Christ's coming reveal the release date of the movie. It can arrive again at any time. Check your local listings, or that may be your scripture. There is a sense of urgency because this parable describes, or it's not, excuse me, a parable, but the scripture describes not an event that will occur in the far off future, but something that is here and now as well. Mark 13, the passage is one of the most difficult chapters in all of scripture. And I propose to you as well that it's also one of the most Jewish chapters in the Bible. From beginning to end, it is full of Jewish terms and imagery. Jesus is using wording and stories that Jews would understand, but for the modern reader are very strange and unknown. But we must not skip over this chapter or disregard what we are reading. The commentary writer Barclay says, the Jews never doubted that they were the chosen people. And as they saw it, they never doubted that one day they would occupy their place in the world. They had abandoned the idea that they would ever accomplish this by any human means. And they were confident that one day, in the end, God would directly intervene in history and win it for them. The day of God's intervention was known as the day of the Lord. When we look to our Old Testament scriptures, we read in Joel and in Amos and Isaiah and Ezra and in Daniel and other places as well about this coming day of the Lord. It speaks of the day of the Lord being a time of terror and trouble, a time when the world will be shaken to its core 
But after this, it will be followed by a new world in a new age and a new glory. The Jews were quite certain that God would break in and intervene. The Old Testament, again, has many places, like we just said. It often refers to writings regarding this day of the Lord as apocalyptic writings, is how we refer to these writings, and they're both not only in our New Testament, but also in our Old Testament as well. In the Old Testament, the day of the Lord was to be preceded by times of wars and famine. Ezra declares that before the day of the Lord, there would be these things listed here in Mark 13. So to the Jewish listener, as Jesus was speaking these words of Mark 13, these words were not foreign to them, but they were understanding maybe better than us what Jesus meant when he said what he did in Mark 13. When we look at Mark 13, we are reminded we're not given a timetable to the future, but it's simply using terms and pictures that any Jew knew and used for centuries. Most of us in the room have lived long enough. I remember when I was in youth, there was some guy that came out about uh, 1,000, you know, it's always based on the years, 1,900 and something reasons that Christ will return in 1990-something, you know? And then since then, uh, you know, since now we're 2017, there have been predictions, multiple predictions of Christ's return. And of course, we read in Scripture here that not even the angels nor the Son of Man himself knows the day or the hour, but only the Father. I said earlier that this passage is a very difficult one, but it also has some powerful truths to teach us and to tell us this morning, and I wanna share three. If Mark 13 serves as a movie trailer, encouraging us to stay tuned for the coming of Christ or the advent, what is it telling us? It's number one, it's telling us that history is going somewhere and there is a consummation to come. It tells us that history is moving somewhere, is going somewhere, and there is a consummation to come. The final work of God is playing out in our world, and we may not understand it all, but we have been challenged, you and I and the church of Jesus Christ, to be on the watch and to be alert and to be ready. Scripture tells us not to speculate on the exact time for Christ's return, and that such speculation is futile. God's plan for the world is going to be the final answer. Mark 13's movie trailer is also telling us something else as well. It's telling us that to forget God and to become immersed in earthly things is foolish. It doesn't say that outright, but we can understand that as we read through Mark 13, that there are things that are more important than the things that we place in great importance here now on the earth. The wise man is the man who never forgets that he must be ready for Christ's return. How quickly we become immersed in earthly pursuits and these pursuits distract us oh so often from what matters most. Colossians 3, 2, Paul reminds us to set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. John in 1 John 2, 15 through 17 reminds us, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride and possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. The world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. We need to hear this message at the beginning of Advent, don't we? That there are things more important than our earthly pursuits, than those special gifts or those special decorations or those special things that we hope to do this Advent season. Let us be reminded to turn our hearts and our spirits and our minds towards those things that are eternal and those things that are everlasting. 
And the last thing that Mark's 13, it can tell us lots of things. These are three that I came up with this week. But uh, in Mark 13's, if Mark 13's movie trailer regarding Advent tells us some things, it's also telling us that it is a necessity to be on the watch for the intervention of God at any time. To be on the watch for the intervention of God at any time. Uh, some of you, sometimes we plan, we pray, and we, we seek the Lord, and we begin to see what the evidence of God in the midst of that. At other times, we're going about our day, and it's not that we're ignoring God, but we're, we're asking for God's guidance and for God's presence, but God intervenes, and he shows up in spectacular ways, ways that we did not expect and did not prepare for, and those days are awesome, and those days are uh, to be remembered and uh, to be uh, celebrated. Mark 13 reminds us that if we live knowing that God can intervene at any time, we have the necessity to be ever ready, to be ever watching and ever present, looking for how God may choose to intervene in our lives and in our day. I want you to picture a scene with me. It's a weekday and it's about 7 p.m. You've had a long day at work, but after you got off from work, you took your child, your young child, to whatever sport activity that you thought would be a good activity uh, for him or her, um, uh, and then, or you took him to a sport activity, or maybe you took him to a music lesson or something of this nature. And so you get home and you're exhausted. You come in the door and you put everything down at the door, and uh, you put on those clothes that maybe you wouldn't wear out in public, you know, you wouldn't want somebody coming by unannounced. So you put on those clothes, you begin to prepare dinner, and so there's pots and pans all over the kitchen. You're trying to get homework done. Now it's like eight o'clock already, and it's you know, time for bed, but yet you still have so much to do. And uh, you know, you've got pots and pans everywhere, and, and all of a sudden you hear a knock on the door. And before you can get anything out, your mouth is full, and your kids go run into the door and let in that salesman that came by. It's about eight o'clock now, but they're running a little late and they apologize, but they're wanting to tell you about something and they're wanting to explain something and that your child, before you can say no to anything, they invite them in the house. And so here you are, eight o'clock in clothes that you wouldn't want to be seen in and you're standing with a guest, an uninvited and unwelcomed guest in your home. Point of me sharing that this morning is that in most of our homes, unexpected company is unwelcome company. Unless maybe it's a special friend or family member, and still it's maybe simply not the best time. But our passage this morning in Mark 13 speaks of a day when the entire world will receive and will experience an unexpected visitor. When Christ will return in power and in glory, those who love Jesus can look forward to this wonderful day, but those who have rejected Jesus and have consistently lived lives in rebellion against God will find that their house is not in order and it will be too late at that point to clean it up. What if we entered into this Advent season already out in the fields like the shepherds that, we've, that we read about in the Christmas story, ready to receive the angel's message at any time, knowing that the time has finally come? What if we're like the astronomers, constantly searching until they spot the star that will guide them to what they have been looking for for so, so long? The scripture today is encouraging you and me to stay tuned, to stay tuned throughout Advent, to stay alert. The story we think we know so well may just have some unexpected twists and turns that we didn't expect. Are we ready? Church, 
Can we anticipate, will you join me in anticipating some unexpected things and allowing God to intervene in our lives over these next few weeks in ways that will excite us, in ways that will renew us, in ways that will energize us? To not only celebrate and worship this king who was born as a baby, but also as we anticipate and await the second advent and his coming, will you join me in this this morning? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. We're thankful for the way it challenges us, the way it convicts us, and Lord, also the way it guides us. And Father, we need all of those things this morning, and we need all of those things throughout this Advent season. We need to be challenged. We need to be convicted. And Lord, we certainly need to be guided. And Father, we pray that you would do each of those things, beginning at this hour and throughout this Advent season. Lord, help us to be mindful, God, that you do desire to intervene in our lives. And Lord, help us to be open in ways that you may choose to do that over these next few weeks. Lord, prepare us for the birth of your Savior. But Father, also prepare us for your second advent. For that time, Father, when you you will come once again in power and in glory. And help us to live lives only alert and ready. Father, we thank you for the love expressed through this baby in a manger. We thank you for his life, his death, his resurrection. And because of that, Lord, we stand here today with a message, a strong message of hope. Of hope that's not only effective and relevant in our lives, but a hope that the world desperately needs to hear. So, Father, challenge us to continue to give and to share this light of Christ with our world, both through our gifts and through the ways that we live our lives. God, we love you. We thank you for your presence here with us. Convict us. Lead us closer to you at this hour. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're here today and you've never put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and if that return were to happen, maybe things in your spiritual home are not in order. Jesus is calling out to you today and calling out to each of us to see that we begin to put things in order. You can, you're invited to pray where you are as we sing, or you're invited to come. I would welcome that opportunity to pray with you. If you desire membership here at, at uh, Boiling Springs Baptist, we'd certainly love to talk with you about that as well. Let's stand and sing together. Hymn number 
encourage you to do a couple of things. One is to find one or two people that you haven't spoken to today and speak to them before you leave. But also be back tonight at six o'clock. It's a very, six o'clock, right? Hang in the greens, just make sure that's right. But a very special time. We have 80 poinsettias, the most that I think we've had since I've been here in over two years, uh, that will be coming in tonight during the service. If you haven't seen the vestibule today, maybe you entered in this way, please go back there and, and just see the way that they're laid out back there. But we are excited about the significance, certainly warm feeling kind of service at six o'clock, but the significance and the meaning behind the service. Uh, be here and experience that. And uh, we would love to, to welcome you back tonight at six o'clock. Receive now this benediction and then our our um, choir will lead us in our closing anthem. God, when we return to the communities from which you have drawn us today, bless us in our waiting. Open our eyes so that we will see Jesus wherever you send us, even in our homes. Remind us that your compassion and your salvation plan through our Lord Jesus Christ restores our relationship with you. Don't let us ever take the divine gift for granted. Renew us, restore us, while we anticipate your coming. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.